Christmas food and drink on Live 95 with Fine Wines, your local off-licence. So this week in our Christmas food and wine feature, we're going to chat a little bit about the main course on Christmas Day. Uh, Traditionally, it's turkey and ham, but there are other options too that many try these days. And Tom Flavin, uh, executive chef and food consultant here in Limerick, a good friend of the show, is with us along with uh, Mr. Fine Wines expert himself, James Walsh. And you're both welcome, gents. Good morning to you. Now, Tom... Turkey and ham, as I say, it's traditional, but maybe it's traditional for a reason, if, if it's done halfway right, of course. Yes, it's beautiful. I even had it myself last week just to, for a trial run, because I, ha- I don't see as much of it this year as I have in the past. So, yeah, oh, yeah, well, now, this is very interesting you should say that, yes, because I know that because you would have been so involved in the hotel business over the years, you've told us in the past that on Christmas Day in your house, you end up having fish and chips, fish and chips some years, yeah, some beef wellington, some fillet of beef, steak, anything other than turkey and ham, really, over the years. I said to my daughter last week, we're having turkey and ham this week, or this year for Christmas. She's like, oh my God, I've never had turkey and ham. <laughs> I thought, and she's uh, 14. Right. So, so uh, having done the bit of testing last week, you know, what would be your top three tips on preparing turkey and ham? I think make sure that whatever turkey you buy, um, be it fresh or frozen or wherever you're going to get it, make sure that it fits in your oven. So sometimes people will arrive home with the turkey and it doesn't fit in the oven. So that's the number one tip is to make sure that however many you're cooking for, that your turkey fits in the oven. Um, Number two, if your turkey is frozen, make sure it's well defrosted before Christmas Day because you don't want to be taking it out of the freezer on Christmas Day. You want to make sure that it's cooked properly. And another tip would be allow an extra hour. If your turkey takes three hours to cook, put it in one hour before that so that you have an hour and you have plenty of time for the turkey to rest and if you had any mishaps along the way sometimes people open and close the oven they don't keep it closed you know when you're basting the turkey if you are opening it make sure you close it to keep the heat heat in as opposed to opening it and let all the heat go out and then it might take another half hour to get up to temperature again so they're the top tips to make sure that your turkey is evenly cooked and cooked properly and moisture is so important the moist turkey isn't it absolutely and the the best way to do that is to take it out every 45 minutes or so. Like cover it for the first hour, definitely, so that you're not too brown on the outside. Cover it with tinfoil or if you have a, a lid that sits on your roasting tray, it would be great to save on the tinfoil. Take it out every 45 minutes and just pour the juices that are running out of it over the top with a spoon or a ladle. Just ladle it over the top of the turkey breast and it cools the outside of the breast, but also adds the moisture into the meat. And then it allows the inner of the turkey to cook at the same time as the outside. So you, what you don't want is the outside dry and crusty and the inside too rare or too pink. Right. So you want it to cook as slow as you can, but not too slow. No, Tom Flavin, we had another chef on earlier in uh, the week who didn't know us as well as you do and certainly thought I was um, completely mad. And one of the things that he said was he doesn't wash or rinse his turkey. Well, it depends on where you're buying it from. If you trust where it comes from, there would be no reason to wash it. You know, if you if you if you wear it yourself, or if you you know you buy it from a trusted source, your butcher, there would be no reason to wash it because you're just getting the bacteria then splashing it all over the sink, you're splashing it all over the place. Like that's the only reason you would not wash it. You want to keep it dry so it gets nice and crusty, but you don't want to spread the bacteria that's on the outside of the turkey all over the kitchen. Right. <clears throat> but okay. if you're buying it from a reputable source, but if you're buying if your turkey is frozen and you're defrosting it, I would be rinsing it off. Right. And, and, and what kind of thermometer do you use then? And you can pick up small um, core temperature probes. A lot of butchers have them now. And 
you, you can buy them at the supermarket. You want something that you think it's right. Like there's no point getting a really short one because you're cooking in turkey and it's going to be quite deep. Stick it into the, the thickest part of the bird in the, the center of the breast or in the center of the thigh and just make sure that the temperature goes to above 75 degrees before it's cooked. Or the juices will run clear. If you're seeing, you're skewering it. If you don't have a probe, you skew, stick it with a knife and the, the juices are a little bit cloudy, just put it back in for another while until the juices run clear and then you're sure it's cooked. Okay, we're chatting to Tom Flavin, chef and food consultant here in Limerick, and to James Walsh, as I mentioned, our fine wines expert on the other line. Hi, James. Um, How are you, sir? So, what type of wine would you recommend then with the turkey? Oh, God, there's so many to choose from. Um, traditionally, you know me, I go with uh, Pinot Noir. So, we this year, I'm looking at New Zealand for my Pinot Noirs. You're getting better quality Pinot Noir is around the 20 mark than you are, say, from Burgundy. And we've got a couple of fabulous ones in there, including the Grey Wacky by a guy called Kevin Judd, which is top-end Pinot Noir. And then you go to your Bordeaux, and the Bordeaux work really, really well with all the flavours because you've got big, powerful wines. And something like the Chateau Troupion 2018 at 20 euros a bottle is absolutely stunning. And then you've got a, a, you know, grab yourself something from Beaujolais, like a Fleury. Now, a lot of people go for Beaujolais Nouveau, but I tend to go for something with a bit more depth of flavor. And the Chateau Giron or the Rapital work really, really well. And then you have a couple of, a lot of people mightn't go for red. They might go for some white. So I recommend something with a bit of flavor. So something like an organic Chardonnay from, uh, say, Australia. You've got the, it's got oak in there, so you're getting depth of flavor. You're getting lots of vanilla flute coming through. A nice Sancerre works very, very well because you're getting the Sauvignon Blanc, but you're not getting those big, big noses coming from say New Zealand. It's more subtle and more reserved. Okay, so so do I understand correctly then? So either red or white, you're not going, for, the, you're not going for the big bombs? No, I mean, the bit, you've got a lot of flavour in front of you. You want something balanced and relaxed. I mean, you can, if you like the big bombs, if you want the big Shiraz that's coming from Australia, or, you know, a Satin of the pop, absolutely no problems recommending them. I mean, the Christmas dinner is probably the hardest dinner to mm. uh, match wines with because yeah. you've got your turkey, your ham, your gravy, your the vegetables, the roasted vegetables. You've got the bread sauce. You've got all these different flavors marrying together. You want something you can sit down and relax with, but that won't over that won't take away from the meal. And and I mean, would would you ever? Alternate the wines, go white, red, or you know, or, or what? No, I mean, well, it depends on the size of the table. I mean, if there's only a few people at the table, you could easily do that. You could, you know, have a tasting menu um, and have a tasting set up for all your wines. But if you've got ten people sitting down, it's a little bit difficult to pour ten, you know, twenty different glasses on a table with everything in front of you. But yeah, it's up to you. You can actually do this. You can try the white and the red beside you and taste them. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Tom, uh, then when it comes to uh, the the ham, um, you know, is is that a more straightforward exercise than the turkey? It is, I suppose, for us here in Limerick because we're so famous for our hams. Um, I would be cooking it the day before and have a little sleep a little bit around midnight. Um, make sure that your ham is well cooked again to the core. Or if you decide whether you're boiling it or you're going to bake it in the oven, it depends on the saltiness. If you if it's a little salty, it's better to boil it and throw away the broth afterwards. But you can just put it straight into the oven and bake it. But again, make sure that it reaches core temperature of 75 or any juices are running the air out of it. And then let it cool down overnight. Then I'd put a nice honey mustard glaze over the top of it and bake it on, 
on Christmas Day, but I try and get a lot of the prep done for the Christmas dinner the day before or even two days before. A lot of stuff can be done a few days in advance. Make sure your vegetables are peeled and um, you could even have some of the vegetables blanched or ready to go straight into the oven. But I try and keep the oven for turkey only, especially if you're a novice to this. And you, you want to make sure that the turkey is thoroughly cooked. Nice. Just leave plenty of room. You're not going to be cooking your roast potatoes and your grass and potatoes and your roasted veg in the same oven because you'll, you'll be just working all day. Try and get all that done the day before. Yeah. I, I, and what about then alternatives like nut roast? Yeah, lovely. Um, chestnuts, beautiful this time of year. Very popular with vegetarians. Even nice stuffing, using the stuffing that you have from the turkey in the center of your nut roast. Put some nice roast. You know, you have walnuts, Brazil nuts, um, chestnuts around the outside, wrap it in puff pastry, bake it in the oven. Like, they're very popular now with the vegetarian dishes. There's lots of people who are going veg-friendly or, you know, even completely plant-based without the puff pastry, putting in a different type of wrapping on it, like thinly sliced courgettes and bacon in the oven. It can be really nice, really, really right. nice. Um, and uh, you mentioned earlier beef wellington is another option. Yes, but beef wellington, the trick with the beef wellington is um, you're going to seal the beef fillet all on the outside so none of the juices are going to run into your pastry. So in a really hot pan, season your beef fillet, salt and pepper, and just make, give it a good brown crusting all around, and that will ensure that all the juices will stay in the fillet. Then you wrap that in a, a mushroom duck cell, just a puree of mushrooms, and then wrap that in um, blanched spinach or maybe a cabbage leaf, and then put the puff pastry around that so that none of the juices will run into the puff pastry and make it soggy. And then to start to put it into a really hot oven, so you're looking at about 220 degrees, like really, really turn your ovens right up to the last, and give the first 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, depending on your oven, at 220, and then turn it down to about 150 and let it slowly cook. And that way you'll have a lovely pink centre in your beef fillet and nice and crust on the on the pastry. Okay, so James Walsh, then, what would you recommend alongside nut roast or indeed something like beef wellington? Um, oh, God. Um, the Carmen Grand Reserva we have in stock at the moment, this is a spectacular wine um, from Chile. It's a 2017 Cabernet Sauvignon. It got 97 points from Decanter Magazine, which is one of the best uh, wine reviewers in the world. And we have it in the shelf for a tenor at the moment. Per, it's, it's stunning. Absolutely stunning. That or a fabulous uh, Bordeaux uh, Merlot. Those two would go really, really well with those because they've got a lot of flavour. You know, there's a lot of dark Nami flavours coming from the Beef Wellington and from the Nut Roast. So, yeah, they go really, really well. Okay. And, and it, just in, as a general point when it comes to price range and wine, you know, it always worries people, I think, in Ireland when they're buying the, the tax and, you know, this thing about jeepers. If, if, you, if, you, if you're not spending reasonable um, um, uh, money on, on wine in Ireland because mainly of the tax and duties, you could get caught very badly. You, that, that's true. Um, the trick is to check the wine out before before you actually serve the wine on the day. Go out and try a couple of wines. Get some advice from the shops um, and ask us. And we'll tell you what's good and what's not and what you're looking for. And you don't have to spend huge money. But it is a big day. It's a celebration with the family. And you might as well, you know, there's no point spending good money on a meal and then having a bad wine. Okay, but, but I mean, be, be st- you don't have to spend a hundred or two hundred euros. No, no, I appreciate that. But, be, yeah. but being straight about it, James, you know, is is ten euro the floor in Ireland? 
Yeah, anything below that. Out of a 10-year bottle of wine, the first five euros and 10 cents is all government tax. And then your wine margin and the distributor's margin. The wine I mentioned just now is what we call a true bin end. Basically, it was available to us a couple of years ago. It would have been 18 quid a bottle. The supplier basically is getting rid of it. It's the last of the socks, so we took it all, and, we, and they gave us a deal on it. Okay. This is why it's only 10 euros. Okay, okay. It, okay, is, right. a, it is a 20 euro bottle of wine, no yeah. doubts about it. Because I know when you, t- like when you talk to people who go on holidays to Portugal you know, or France or whatever, and they're telling you these stories about getting a bottle of wine for, for 5 euro, and this, it was tremendous, yeah. and you're just going to go and, really? Like, it doesn't feel like you could do that here. No, it is difficult to do here. I mean, we are the second highest in Europe for alcohol taxes. Right. Um, and it, it does our, and as they say, you go to Paris or you go to France or, what, or to Spain, you pick up a bottle of wine for 10 euros there. It's 18 to 20 euros when it comes back here. You have to allow for transportation and, you know, the middlemen and distributors. But that's what it is. Okay, that's what it is. All right, great. Well, listen, thank you both for uh, this week again, uh, Tom Flavin, uh, chef and food consultant, and, and uh, James Walsh, our fine wines expert. And, and should mention next week, then we'll move on to the likes of dessert and what might go, and then you know, post um, uh, dessert wines and that sort of uh, thing too, Excellent. and maybe some other drinks. Um, and and uh, James, uh, you're looking forward to handing over the three thousand euro to a live ninety five lister. I can't. I can't wait. Tomorrow for the Fine Wines Fantasy Family. I mentioned how people uh, can enter and all the locations are on our website now. You still have until 6pm today to play. I'll give it another mention between now and the end of the show. As I mentioned, Storm Barra unfortunately caused some problems for us this week. I couldn't be expecting people to be getting out and about during that. But uh, we will certainly ensure that somebody wins the prize tomorrow. And thank you, James Walsh, for uh, getting involved with us on that too. We appreciate it. Um, Thank you very much. Great great to chat to both of you uh, this morning. Thank you to James Walsh and to Tom Flavin, who will be back with us at this time next week for more tips for Christmas food and drink. Christmas food and drink on Live 95 with Fine Wines, your local off-license.